0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. Uh, I have on the show today Jason Soschnick. Uh, Jason is the president and founder of Project uh, 619. Um, He does a lot of training when it comes to uh, youth and sex and sexuality and parents like the parent youth relationship um, he is just such a an awesome dude, good friend, and he was actually here in my basement when we were recording, so you can see the video of this if you go to my YouTube channel. but Jason and I we dig into the whole purity culture thing. He is kind of an expert in trying to understand what happened what went wrong in the purity movement, how can we fix it, how can we advocate for sexual purity without making the mistakes that we made during the purity movement. So that's primarily what we talk about in this episode. We also ended up talking about things like modesty, okay? And and we kind of went around and around on that for a little bit. Um so anyway, it was an interesting conversation. Love this guy, he's a good friend. And Jason and I teamed up uh on our youth project called Christian Sexuality Conversations about Jesus, sex and gender. And that project is about to be released. If you go to centerforfaith.com, you can find info on that project. It is, from what I can tell, the most in-depth, compelling, comprehensive curriculum helping youth um, cultivate a Christian vision for how can we flourish as a sexual being or under God's design, We talk about the authority of God in scripture. We talk about shame. We talk about why God's love for us is foundational to our love for God or for for other people. We talk about marriage. We talk about sex. We talk about porn. We talk about masturbation. We talk about. Um, sexting. We talk about VR sex. We talk about friendships. We talk about dating. We talk about same-sex sexuality. We talk about uh, transgender identities. We talk about LGBTQ stuff. It is a one-stop shop, comprehensive, and I would say aesthetically compelling and beautiful presentation of a Christian vision for sex, sexuality, and gender. So you can check that out again at centerforfaith.com. And yeah, let's get into this conversation about purity culture and all the different spin offs that we chased down from that conversation. Welcome back to the show, the one and only Jason Sochnig. Hey, friends. I'm here with my good friend Jason uh Sochnick. You that did right? a great job. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud
1: of you. I'm glad I'm a good friend and you're like still asking so, what my last name is.
0: Last <laughs> Last time last time I introduced you, yeah. I I had good friend and then butchered the pronunciation of your
1: last name. You did. So oh, okay.
0: I mean Sochnik is not the easiest it's not like Thompson or
1: something. No, right? or sprinkle. Or sp- <laughs> <I mean>, sprinkle. <laughs> spr- Sprinkle's a lot easier than Soshinek. So, <laughs> oh my word!
0: Uh, Jason and I have just gotten done filming all week. Our second all week filming um, hmm. on our youth project on Christian sexuality. Uh, what was the subtitle we landed on?
1: Jesus. Conversations of uh, uh, sexuality, gender, and Jesus. or Conversations about sexuality, gender, and Jesus. Yeah. I think. Yeah. A cool, I think it's that's a cool subject. That, that's actually. great. Yeah.
0: I love it. Um, so we're here. We're uh, celebrating the conclusion, the film in conclusion on this project. I don't know how many hours of footage. What would you guess to me how many hours of footage we've actually recorded? I mean, it's got to be in the hundreds for sure.
1: Right? Oh, my I mean, gosh. The hours? Like, oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, we've had two full weeks of filming, uh, with 12 hour days, if not longer. So yeah.
0: Yeah. The first week, I mean, 10,
1: probably 10 days straight of like
0: 12 hour, 12 hour days. And then this last week, anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about here necessarily. Um, I want to talk about the purity movement, purity culture. So, uh, tell us real quick, what is the ministry you've been doing for the last decade or so? Um, I'm going to assume people know what I've been doing. I work in LGBTQ spaces within the Evangelical Church. Uh, What is it that you do with Project 619?
1: Yeah, so we've been doing uh, work around sex, sexuality, uh, relationships for the last 10 years. We birthed out of a pregnancy resource center. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this work, conversations around sex, sexuality, and relationships for almost 20 years now, which is pretty crazy. But uh, but for the last 10 years, it's been under the um, auspices of... Project 619.
0: So 20 years, that brings us right back to the height of what would be considered the purity movement. Yeah. Right? Late late 90s, early 2000s. Was that when purity culture, (laughs) purity movement, purity rings, purity conferences were a big deal?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was probably on its way out a little bit. I mean, I I, I remember it really strong in the uh, mid to late 90s. So when I started coming on the scene doing this work, it was in the um, early 2000s and, and, and so it wasn't as, as big of a, a scene as it once had been, but it still had quite a deal okay. of influence. Okay. Yeah.
0: okay. Now um, again, just in case somebody's listening who has no clue who I am or Jason is yeah. or whatever, like um, we are both evangelical Christians. yes. Um, we both have a for lack of better, better, I don't love this phrase, but for lack of better terms, a traditional Christian sexual ethic. We believe marriage is between a man and a woman. We believe sexual relationships belong within that covenant bond. I mean, the basic stuff that almost every Christian believed globally up until the last few decades, maybe when these questions have been more, um, these issues have been questioned. But um, the purity movement, how about this? Why don't you summarize what are some of the main tenets of purity culture, the purity movement? And then I would love to get into why... You, as a traditional evangelical Christian, yeah. have some critiques with that movement. So yeah. sum up
1: the purity movement for us. So the purity movement really, uh, it, it was something, well, it's always kind of been uh, across American culture for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But when you think of purity culture with within the church, it was really something that started to birth in the late 70s and the early 80s, specifically down in the South. It actually, what, what's, what's really in- interesting is that it, it had some... Origins, not just in the church, but uh, church, faith, people that wanted to have an influence in the schools. Really? And so, yeah, which is really... It wasn't
0: really... a distinctive Christian? I mean, it was...
1: Uh, it was distinctively Christian, yeah. but it was Christians who wanted to have an influence in the okay. schools around sex education or, okay. or what has become sex education. Um, and so, uh, it's hard, it's, it's desire to be able to engage in conversations around sex. I think it, it was, it was a good desire, but, but ultimately what it was is that they were engaging in these conversations around purity. Um, you know, we've, we've moved, you to mean, place. Uh, sexual purity, you mean, uh, sex. don't have sex, or I always say the easier way is just keep your pants on till marriage. Like that was the, <laughs> that was the simple way that, that you could easily frame, And it was quite narrow. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of conversation to it beyond that. There wasn't a lot of framework to the conversation outside of that. I I would argue, and I don't know if this was its intent, but it was fear based in many ways. So it was, you know, fear of either getting pregnant or potentially having an STD or STI, you know, or that you could potentially feel guilty for having sex prior to marriage. Mm Uh, that was that was really the essence, the start of the purity movement. You could point to a lot of other aspects, the puritanical aspect of our American culture mm-hmm. that has influenced, or probably is even more influential than what was the purity movement mm-hmm. that kind of started some of this. Mm-hmm. But but if you're looking at the purity movement for what it became, it really kind of started in the South in the in the early '80s. Um, you know, I I specifically remember being influenced by the purity culture. Growing up in the 90s as a high school student, um, attending youth group, I just remember seeing the many messages, hearing the many messages, and specifically it stood out to me when I was in early college, when I'd gone Mm -hmm. from a large university in Arizona to a small liberal arts Christian school in Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. And seeing the the complete difference in the dialogue, the conversation, Mm -hmm. and specifically even... The shame that surrounded this conversation, hmm. the, the the dynamic of the conversation just was different from one campus to the other. And the people that you would see speaking into it hmm. were not individuals that uh, were giving a lot of biblical framework or theological framework. It was a lot of uh, moral framework, hmm. like right and wrong. Don't do this. You could potentially... Uh, harm your future if you end up engaging in this. I, I
0: yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I know, I know what you're getting at. But yeah, can, yeah, can you yeah, just uh, yeah. unpack that a little more? The difference between like a, a giving a theological framework versus a moral framework? Because so I could, yeah. I could hear someone saying like, "Wait, aren't morals good? Yeah, aren't morals absolutely. and theology? Are these
1: aren't these kind of this go hand in hand? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So uh, the way I would break it down is moral uh, arguments were much more about don't have sex before marriage because you could get someone pregnant. Or contract an STD. You don't want an STD. Those are bad. They could potentially kill you. I mean, that's a that's a very that's a very <laughs> short, pragmatic yeah, yeah, almost, very yeah, yeah, you know. very short uh, aspect of it. Whereas you didn't hear even in the church, you did not hear a lot of conversation around. Uh, you you might have heard about Jesus, but going further, there weren't conversations around even building a biblical framework. So looking at Genesis one, looking at Genesis two, going to places that we often will engage Matthew and Mark. Uh, Matthew, uh, uh, Mark 10, Matthew 19, Mm -hmm. um, or looking at some of the teachings of Jesus beyond what we hear uh, recorded in the gospel, looking at what Paul might uh, have written, like that just wasn't always a part of that conversation. I think it was thrown in there more to uh, make a point, whereas today I feel like it's changed a little bit and they really want to understand where this, where they we're doing a better job of looking at what the text is saying mm-hmm. and allowing it to guide us rather than us guiding through our own moral uh, guide mm-hmm. to, to uh, we were using the moral that we wanted to have taught mm-hmm. to interpret the text. I feel like today we're allowing the text to interpret yeah. the, mor- m- the morality. So I don't we, know if that's the yeah, best yeah, way no, to totally. say it. But...
0: Um, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, it yeah. seems like there are some good values that were promoted by yeah. the purity movement that, that we would still agree with that like sex outside of marriage is not God's design. That is not morally or theologically good. Yeah. Um, so there there were certain I mean I don't there yeah. were certain things the purity movement was emphasizing, trying to instill in, in disciples of Christ that were good. Where would you, first would you agree with that? There were there were good things. Um, and secondly, well were what are some of the negative, maybe unintentional effects of the purity movement yeah. and the purity message?
1: So the good things. I, I, one, I, I do think that there was a heart behind many of the original uh, forefathers, foremothers that, that were the, mm-hmm. the ones that kind of started this. I think that there was a desire to keep um, kids safe. I think there was a desire to change some of the trends that they were starting to see emerge Uh, around um earlier and earlier sexual activity Mm -hmm. um the rise of stds sexually transmitted diseases among youth i think that there were just a lot of different uh ingredients that that led people to say we want to change some of this behavior yeah but it very quickly became behavior management it became Mm -hmm. sin management like if you can remain pure then you're good that's like, yeah, if you can if you can remain a virgin, and that's where then I think the the where it starts to make a, a change is that it moved from a focus on behavior to a focus on a very specific behavior to a very specific thing, which was your virginity. So I, I like you can you can be remain a virgin till
0: you're married, and be have all kinds of still like dysfunctional thoughts about sexuality. You can be dealing with maybe past trauma you've never dealt with. You can be um, thinking you're holy simply because you're a virgin, even if you're like have no or little bit yeah. of passion about Jesus. Um, you're not caring for the poor, whatever. Like yeah, you, you can have a very narrow, have accomplished a very narrow sliver of an aspect of Christian morality, yeah. and think you've kind of gotten the whole thing down. Would that be? A, a,
1: yeah, that would be that would be a good. One. I, I I might I might um, just look at one very specific thing that you said. So, like, I would agree with most of that. One thing that I would push back on is is um, it would look at the physical, it would look at virginity, it would mm-hmm. hold virginity up as as a, a, one of the holiest things you could do is to hold on to your virginity. But the idea of the mind, I mean, I, I do think lust, like even oh, now yeah. to this day, lust is still this thing that I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I sometimes cringe at that word mostly because of the way that it was used in the purity culture and that it was like, you if you had one wrong thought, it was like bad, really bad. You mm. shouldn't have that thought. Like I just remember... Being a student, being a young adult, and it was it was really tough for me. Like it was mm-hmm. like if I had that one wrong thought, it was like, who do I talk to this about? Like who? Like it was that unspoken mm-hmm. sin that you just really couldn't speak. So do you feel like a lot of people were in
0: a lot, lot of virgins ended up still doing a lot of lusting and yeah, not like dealing I, with the heart of kind of the yeah. Like I, I
1: think I, I mean I, I always used to say that you could. You could remain a virgin, but you could you you you, you, you d- doesn't necessarily mean that you honor God. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that you're honoring God by choosing to wait. Huh. Like it's just simply an act that you've chosen to do. Yeah. But has it been something that you're doing in, in submission to God? Like yeah. as something that you're wanting to honor Him with? Yeah. You, you see your body as a temple. Like I, I I so I would I would say that there is an aspect of yes virginity, but there I would just I would say that also lust was a whole, like the mind was, there, right. there was a lot of discussion yeah. around that, but like there was a lot of, yeah. like, we need to put rules around this. And, and so I think that led to a lot of people in the purity movement. And we have to remember too, when we're talking about the purity movement now, many of them are now parents. Like, like, <laughs> like, I mean, you and I, right, yeah. are, are similar age, and many of us are parents and we are byproducts of the, the purity movement. Mm-hmm. So we are, pu- we are parenting out of the purity movement. Mm-hmm. So that has a huge influence on the way that we, mm-hmm. we engage. So, so being able to be aware of the way in which we were taught, the way we were engaging this conversation as teenagers is going to be important because it does influence it yeah. the way that we parent our, our own kids. Yeah. And, and there was just, a, yeah. you know, quite honestly, there was a lack of education. It, it seems like from my vantage point, uh,
0: females in particular, seem to have had a particular uh, what's the word? I don't want to say trauma necessarily, although there might have been some of that, but like a a, a lot of fallout or maybe maybe some some just Mm -hmm. relational damage that happened as a result of the purity message. I've heard, uh, I think maybe you you even said, but I've heard other people say like, you know, you're told like, if you have sex before your marriage, you're damaged goods, you're dirty, you're Your husband's not going to, I don't know, like you've stolen something away from your future husband, assuming that you're going to have a future husband. Right. And, Mm. um, and all of a sudden, like all this negative, negative, dirty, dirty, negative, negative, dirty, dirty. Then the second you get married that night, you're supposed to have a complete switch. (laughs) just (laughs) A complete 180. Like, Oh no, now it's great. (laughs) Is that, um, I I might be overstating things, but have you heard from women in particular that really struggled with that? dirty, dirty, bad, bad, dirty, dirty, bad. Now it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can't get into the ma- amazing nature that it's supposed to be. Yeah, that-
1: oh, all the time. Like, I, I think one of the things that I, I often hear, and we've talked about this, that there is often uh, among Christian couples a dynamic of an inability to talk about sex because they never were able to really talk about it prior. They were never able to engage in honest dialogue around sex and the joy that it could be because they were so focused on the no, 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 no. And they never focused on the yes after they said I do. Like, what is it actually? Okay,
0: you're not supposed to do it before you're married. But what is it actually for on a the theological? Yeah, creation or, level?
1: or like you can enjoy this. Like, right. like it's like like there is a pleasure aspect to this. There is a dynamic of you, you, like sex really is meant to be this shared experience, this mutual experience where one is pleasing the other. Where your focus really is not about whether or not you can be pleased, but whether or not you can please the other. And, and, and mm. like, like, mm. it's not self-focused, it's other-focused. And that's just not what is ever taught in the purity movement, because the purity movement was always focused on the self. It was yeah. always focused on the physical. It wasn't even focused on any other aspect that was emotional, social, or spiritual. Yeah. It was always physical. Don't have sex. Well What about the whole idea, though, like, like I know it's in some
0: conservative yeah. Christian circles especially women were kind of groomed in this idea of yeah, pleasing I'll your like husband yeah. and you want to serve your husband and your husband has needs. And And I am not going to deny some general biological differences between sex drives among males and females, statistically speaking, not individually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, testosterone does have certain effects on, on a human person. Um, but that, that whole idea of like your sexuality is defined by giving pleasure to the man like is that an over is that a message that has been implicitly or explicitly um comes out of the purity movement or yeah i think
1: it's been explicit and implicit okay. i mean i so like even going back to the earlier question that you were asking uh with regards to how the purity movement treated women uh jessica volante wrote a book called the purity myth and in her book the purity myth she subtitled it which is, i think is, is a phenomenal subtitle it's how uh uh I, I don't know if it's America's obsession or if it was Christian obsession, but uh, America's obsession with uh, virginity and young women, or something along those lines. I'm, I'm, I might be demolishing the subtitle, but do you recommend that book? That- I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a great book to be able to understand some of the influence that it has had. How the purity movement has had an impact on American society. Say and again. What's the title? It's called the. Uh, it's called the purity myth. By Jessica Vellante. Okay. she's not a believer um, oh. uh, like oh, v- very per- like no, Street, never no? never been a believer but she studied the the purity culture oh. wanted to take a look at it and and the, the, some of the premise of it I, I don't I, it's hard for me to say this but I I don't I, I would agree like I like the idea of our focus on virginity has really hurt young women um l- let me let me give you a couple examples so When you think of artists that have emerged, uh, specifically female artists, music artists, over the last several years, think about the way in which they were um, sold to the American teenage girl. So Britney Spears would be one. Miley Cyrus would be one. Well, from the ages of about, whenever they come on the scene, 9, 10, 11, 12, to the time that they're 18, their purity is front and center. All of, both Britney Spears and right. Miley Cyrus, yeah, talked about choosing to be a virgin, wanting to wait until marriage to have sex. They talked about that. Now oh, wow. <laughs> even your face is, know that. your face is even telling the story. But but but, but like what happens if you still swing naked on the wrecking ball, and I guess still being <laughs> well but but here's what what's amazing is that um at eighteen the record label switches the marketing from their purity because who's b- now buying? At eighteen they're now yeah. they're now looking at a young adult audience, and so so their audience is growing up with them, and as their audience is growing up, they're becoming more aware of their own sexuality. So so mm-hmm. what happens is when they're younger, it's the parents that are buying the the, the music, and so the parents want a wholesome uh, model, uh, mm-hmm. someone for their kids to look up to, and so they're using sex, they're puritanical. Aspect of who they are, so their sexiness in a way that they're virgins. They're they're not having sex until they're eighteen, and then all of a sudden they turn on their sexiness and well, they yeah. use their sex in a whole other way. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I I actually think that the the aspect of virginity has been quite harmful more to women than it has to men mm-hmm. because it it's also been up to women to be the ones that are the gatekeepers. Mm. Uh think about modesty. The conversations around modesty.
0: Yeah.
1: It's always focused. It's always been. I shouldn't say it's always. Um my wife is teaching me not to always say always. <laughs> but, <laughs> but and by your laughter you, you've oh, had similar yeah. But but here's the here's the thing, right? Like um often what has happened is we um we do have these these moments where um yeah, I, um, I said a total brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What, what I was I talking about? <laughs> I, I, well, I've got several questions. Oh, modesty, here. modesty. So so oftentimes, <laughs> modesty is the, the, the specifically the, the thing that is most important, the one that drives modesty. And, the, and like even in churches, we've always said, women, you must do this. Girls, you must do this. You must wear this. You shouldn't do this. Where we've not placed as much emphasis on the men. We've not allowed for the men to be the ones that also are a part of that. Is it? Is it so I, 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 get that,
0: and I, um, I don't know. I'm really wrestling through this because yeah. on the one hand, yeah, it's <clears throat> absolutely wrong to say like, women, you need to be modest. Men are going to grope you with their eyes, and if they do, it's kind of your fault. Obviously, that's wrong. Obviously, every human has a moral agency. On and on and on. At the same time, is there not a place? And this is. It's work. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say, yeah, cause yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I think out loud and yeah, yeah, Do send me your Thank emails. You can't yeah. find it online. Whatever. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Like just, again, just thinking just factually, biologically. Um, I've got three teenage daughters yeah. and then, so I'm navigating this. Okay. So if a woman dresses in an immodest way yeah. and a guy gropes her with his eyes, that is his fault and yet that is just what's going to happen like you know i'll tell to my daughters if they have an immodest kind of outfit i'm just going to give them the facts saying if your booty's hanging out if you're showing cleavage like just so you know when you go out the overwhelming majority of heterosexual men are going to look you up and down and have fantasies and are going to be having sex with you in their mind oh no I'm not saying it's your fault. I, I'm just saying that is what's going to happen. Because yeah. Because we have fallen human nature. The, uh, guy, yeah, we have this sex drive that can be, not we, most men and a lot of women have a sex drive. We have minds that are fallen. That's just the facts. A, a buddy of mine got into this with, like, cheerleading. You know, you go to a sporting event... You have people that are uh, slightly inebriated, sometimes not so slightly Mm -hmm. inebriated, and you have a bunch of scantily dressed cheerleaders dancing in front of the guys, and every single guy is doing this with, like, this, like, slobbering up and down. He is a moral agent. He is guilty. He is less. I'm not blaming the women. I'm just saying, like, you can't turn around and say, how dare you? In a sense, you can. He's guilty, but... We don't live in some utopian society where, like, you can dress immod- immodestly and, ex- and expect and be shocked when, like, humans with lots of testosterone going through their veins is—they're n- not gonna. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is that? So I don't think I don't think it's an either or. Again, I'll say for the thousandth time, I'm not saying the woman is to blame for that. Like, she's. I'm just saying that's just the. That's just what's gonna happen.
1: I, how, should, how, am I off, or how do I? No, like, maybe I, no, I am. I, I, I do, I do understand what you're saying. I think, I think what I look for is the word consistency. We are not as consistent with uh, consistent with our uh, uh, daughters as we are with our sons. We're not as consistent with girls as we are with guys and youth groups. Like, like the thing I think about. Let me just give you so one we, small example. Okay. So, so um, whenever. <laughs> Uh, I, I read some of the stuff or, or I, I, I always ask this when I do like a summer retreat or something because I always want I'm curious about the policy what's the policy yeah. that you had around dress well typically the people that get the conversation around dress are the girls and what the conversation is is we don't want you wearing a two-piece bikini that, that's kind of a two-piece yeah. uh, swimsuit that seems a little arbitrary <clears throat> yeah. and we don't want you um, showing off certain things and doing certain stuff but they never say anything for the guys and I just kind of feel like well that that's kind of like like you're you're wanting or or actually they won't let you wear a two piece they they also want you sometimes they'll even say you got to wear a shirt shorts for yeah like, like but the guys you can do whatever there's no nothing for the guys yeah, I no, I feel okay. like that yeah. that that is one very small example oh, of many no. that happen around modesty What would and, be the poli- like guys aren't typically in America at least like you know wearing speedos or whatever yeah.
0: but even then like Wow, we're gonna get lost in the weeds here. What would what would be? So let's just say a really skimpy bikini for the girl. You say, you know what? Yeah, that's just you can't come out with a thong and a you know you're barely covering anything. You gotta have a little a bathing suit that covers a little more. What would be the equivalent for a guy who's not gonna wear a speedo? Like wear a tank top instead of a no. Like I, I mean, if you I, got washboard <laughs> abs, you gotta
1: wear. <laughs> I, I I mean I don't know. I don't I don't have I I. Um... there has to be consistency in the policy because because here's here's we're we're trying to say the purity conversation I get 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 but but this does I will say that this fits with this because there's a lack of consistency that happened in it that we're now trying to build back into the conversation because even with the work that you do, there's a lack of consistency historically. And so I think with the purity movement, there was a lack of consistency. And I think modesty is one of these places where there was a lack of consistency. I I think I, I I understand what you're saying uh, with how you discuss this with your daughters. But like I, then I would also say, well, what are you talking about with your son? Like for me, I I I don't want my daughters um, or my daughter uh, to be um, at all shamed by her body, like no, that's that, good. that. That no, that's her good. body is, a, and and honestly, an honestly, I agree. Just so the guys who are, yeah. fun,
0: like, I. That's a great point, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, that's and so really I think,
1: I, and, and and I for the the girls, like, I, I understand having some rules around what you have at a camp and all that, but like, and, and I would also, then put it onto the girl and to the guy, like, what is your intent and in what you're wearing. If your intent is to draw attention, then that might not be the right outfit. Yeah. If your intent is, I like this, this is a beautiful outfit, cool. Like, I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I would like to have, um, it, let's move away from, because swimsuits can be a different thing. But like, even like the, the way in which we've, I, I've heard this. Let me give you one last example uh, um, of women, you shouldn't have a purse over your breast. Because it like it, 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 it makes your breast stand out, like and 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 it's like, but we don't tell that for the dude that like, hey, he's wearing a very tight shirt. It's probably two sizes too small, and it's just extended. like it's showing like his abs. It's uh, like, just like I, okay, uh, I, but I. like but <laughs> like what we're t- what we're saying in yeah. that can I just say yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, saying yeah. that that only men less women don't. Okay, I, I guess some thoughts are gonna work through here. Um, I yeah. I, yeah, push back. I mean, it's it, this. Well, I, my, I will bring only, this back to the uh, purity. I don't even here.
0: have a push. I have a thinking out loud. Yeah, but it's not going to push back. But like, I, I, I want to acknowledge that the general sexual interests are different between men and women on a general level. On a general, yes. Um, I know when I and when I have frank conversations with. Um, Communities can, can be explicit. I mean, this is theology in the raw. So, um, like, women would generally speaking um, lust after the male body in different ways than the males would generally lust after the female body. I talked to many heterosexual women yeah. that like the thought of like a, a, a penis doesn't have the same kind of overwhelming collapse over myself. Sweated just like that you know yeah um in fact some find it a little bit disgusting not disgusting but like oh like can you put that away but they're still very heterosexual whereas totally. i don't know <clears throat> any heterosexual male who would see a vagina or or breasts who wouldn't just like be compl- like just overrun with blood flow and I mean, we can even talk physics, just biology we can just talk and they're, they've measured this you can you can yeah. you can hook people up and test blood flow, you know, and yeah. um like, so I yeah like so I was at Starbucks. This is several years ago. Um, I used to work at the Starbucks in California, right next to a gym, and one of the trainers would always come in and get get a cup of coffee. She would always come in, and, and this is a big thing like yoga pants, right? Yeah, and every this is a kind of a a thing behind like heterosexual men have a really hard time with yoga pants mm. um, it's I know I, I've talked to many heterosexual men who are like oh my gosh I just, it's so hard like when women wear yoga it's just like it's funny you have the freedom it's my fault whatever all I know is it's like it's so hard for me not to so this this trainer would walk in with yoga pants every time I would watch the men's eyes every single man in that Starbucks. I would sit there like this and they were like one guy literally is like oh Like out loud, like, oh my gosh! Like staring and just grow every every guy put down and just groping this one. I've never seen that with a guy wearing tight jeans.
1: (laughs) I'm doing this, so like all these
0: women just like the guys wearing tight jeans shouldn't be wearing tight jeans. (laughs) So that's that's another. And and again, so I I don't know. It's just like the the things about. And again, I'm just talking. Yeah. And if you're gay, you can just flip it around. Yeah. So, yeah totally. Um, oh. it, uh, I would say if there was lesbian women in there, maybe they would have the same, re- I don't know. the same reaction. Yeah. So I don't yeah. want to other people, with different sexual desires here. But, um, I, I do think that the things about the opposite sex between men and women, typically there's different things that ignite that kind of struggle, that lust or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, and so, so going back to your analogy, like, how, how what would modesty look like with boys? So, yeah, I know what you mean by that. That, that yeah, that the purse sideways. Well, like, I it like immediately, like. Totally. And I'll just say about my wife, but she
1: was like, "Whoa, yeah, you know." Like, but like, um, yoga, yoga pants is a thing that gets overused, and I understand that. But like, the, the does it? The, well, I've, like, I've never been like, able to talk about but this like. Problem. But, but, <laughs> I, I <did laughs> but you saved your, it for your podcast. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh, he, here's what I would say: is, is like, uh, personally, that kind of drives me a little bit nuts when we have that per- that guy is like, "Oh, oh ah, I don't know, oh, like, 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 like." The, the, the truth is, is, is no, like, he's that, saying that. Po- my reaction was like he's just falling over, lusting. After. I know, yeah. but but like what I'm saying is that's his problem, not the person, the woman's totally problem. Is. Oh like, no, totally like, okay, hundred percent, okay. Because okay. see, I, I I actually think like I mean, it's your but yoga I'm pants. Saying if, like, if, but I'm saying if that was my
0: daughter, yeah, um, I would want her to. I wouldn't tell her, oh, you wear those yoga pants. You yeah. you be you. You I would I would say if you want to wear yoga pants, it's fine. But when you go to Starbucks every single guy there is going to be having sex with you in his mind. That's just the facts. Like, I think it's okay to say that every guy in there, half of them probably went home and masturbated to that scene. I'm just, I'm just being, this is the reality. And if you're okay with that, that's just the world we live in. Is it okay to acknowledge that without being Uh, like, see, this is where I would,
1: I would push back against some of that. Like, that's not your fault. I'm saying wear the yoga pants, but, I'm just saying, but, but what I, but okay, can I, so, so this, I, I do hear what you're saying a little bit though, is that you, you would, uh, don't be naive to like the sure. lust of men. Yeah, but I, but I think, I th- the, but, the, but yes, I think we need to educate our daughters. We need to educate our sisters. We need to educate our are, 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 are women about the society we live in and, and the way in which, unfortunately, they might be seen. Yeah. There is an objectification that happens. In There's this thing called sin. Yes. There's a thing called fallination. testosterone. You blend yes. all that together, this is what you get. Yeah. But I would also <laughs> say, like, um, like, like I, I don't know. Personally, I think one of the aspects of the purity movement is that it moved modesty to this place that we're now having these conversations. And it's like, like if you want to wear yoga pants, wear yoga pants. I want you to understand what's going on in our culture. And a lot of that has to do with what's gone on because of porn. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think yeah, that, like, yeah. it, it, and so, and, and the way we look at lust and then we talk about it. But for me, like, I, I also want to have a conversation with my boys and be like, dude, listen. Like, Absolutely. you, you yeah. are wired in a way. And, and for me, it's like, I want you to be able to understand, like, that person, so if, if that was a young adult that I was ministering to or loving on, um, that was like, oh, I'd be like, man, what's your problem? Totally. Yeah. Like, I don't know say. And I want to know, yeah. like, do you find that beautiful? Yes. Can you celebrate that? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, let, now let's understand, what are you afraid of? Oh, I don't want it to move into sin, to lust, to, right. to like uh, something where I'm masturbating to that. Okay. Yeah dude, let's have a conversation about that because that is like, there is something beautiful in the fact that you find this body naked, whatever, like, but like there is a time and a place for that. And, and so we've got to understand that there might be some heart change that has to happen, but almost what we, what we do with the modesty conversation is we, 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 in some ways require the woman to have a heart change rather than the man Uh, to have a heart change. A hundred percent. So, yeah. So if what you're saying is, so like acknowledge just the
0: reality of all that stuff, but then turn it around. Now my son is working at Starbucks. Yeah. This trainer walks in, whatever. Yeah. Like absolutely. I would say, look, I don't care if she walks in, but naked it is response. It is your responsibility to totally. um, admire and appreciate the, the beauty of a female body. Cause it's God created yeah. acknowledge this, attraction yep. you probably have. And yet when it steps over into lust, lust and not just admiration or appreciation of beauty that is on you. And we need to take the proper steps of discipleship to be able to appreciate God's beautiful creation. Yeah. And yet when you take advantage of that, well, whether it's overeating or whatever, like there's so many areas in which we turn beautiful aspects of God's creation into lust or idolatry or our own pleasure so I would 100% 100% say and again I'm not even saying like she's wrong for wearing that I'm not even saying that yeah you know, I mean,
1: I. <laughs> but like, can I? Can I just? Like, this, this, all of this conversation would not have happened without the purity movement. The purity movement was was it instrumental and in, and in framing some of the conversations around modesty. That now, like, we're having to deconstruct. We're having to okay. rework. Like, so this, you know, I know. I that think we're 100 percent agreement Yeah, on, we are. We yeah, are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so and so I. I, I just don't like it when it swings so far the other direction. It's like a no. woman can wear whatever she wants, and she's like just completely shocked if a guy's like hitting on her like or you know i don't know
1: well i just think that for too long the emphasis has been uh we started this conversation we started this this aspect of the conversation talking about uh the influence that the purity movement had on women and this was but one aspect and i mean i but but again look at how far 20 we had we should bring it back to the actual topic so so it it is something that for us to to, like this is but one example and you're gonna have listeners that are that are like they'll resonate with this like Like, on both aspects. And, like, this is probably one of three areas where I do hear a lot of issues uh, around even the work we do now because of the way it was framed in the purity movement. Okay. All right, so let's go back to um, some of the negative effects of
0: the purity movement. There's there's been a lot of backlash now, even books being written where people have been... I mean, people have, like, abandoned the faith because of the damage that they experienced during the purity movement, right? I mean, I think there's some... Yeah, pretty well, well well read book. So, yeah. yeah. So, how would you just real quick bullet points? Like, yeah. what what are some of the main negative effects from the purity movement yeah. that you're seeing today? So,
1: bullet points. We we focused uh, entirely on the physical. We we mm-hmm. we did too much conversation around uh, modesty. We um, I, I think we we left out um, our LGBTQ yep. brothers and sisters. Absolutely, so that yeah. that was not a, a part of the conversation. We we did not dive into the theological. Uh, Arguments or a conversation we, we like did. What is sex for? What is yes. marriage for? What's singleness like? What, totally, you know. yeah. And and then we included <clears throat> Jesus by name, but I don't know if Jesus by power. Um, and what I mean by that mm-hmm. is. Is we would we would include Jesus in, in a statement, but I don't know if we really believed in the transformational work of Jesus and specifically the work of the Holy Spirit. So um, th- those are five really quick bullet points right, wow, that yeah, that I would say uh, were were missing in the purity movement.
0: So you run this organization, and your one of your taglines is "We are not a purity movement." Yeah, <laughs> which which is like what are you like a sex positive <laughs> movement? What's your um your the phrase you use instead yeah. of sexual purity is sexual integrity. Yes. Can you unpack sexual integrity for yeah. us? And I want to—I'm almost have an eye on how is this different or improving upon
1: sexual purity. Yeah. So sexual integrity—the way that we um, look at it—is um, what I realized from years of just being around the purity movement, being around um, many authors that, and 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 not just authors, architects of the purity movement. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized is. Um, it would focus so much on the genitalia and not on the entire person. Mm -hmm. And the idea of integrity comes from the word integer, which is to be whole to and and there is an aspect of our wholeness that we miss in our sexuality. Like sex is not just our genitalia. Mm -hmm. It it really sex is much more about what's between our ears, our brain than it is about our genitalia. And, and so with Integrity. What we wanted to be able to do is we wanted to be able to focus on mind, body, soul, spirit. We wanted to look at physical. We wanted to look at social, emotional, and spiritual. Like, what what is it going on? When you look at Scripture, like, I mean, let's get to Scripture. Like, when you look at it, just even in Genesis 1 has been written, and then Genesis 2, right? Like, yeah. the, the two become one. Profound. Um, Adam knew Eve in Genesis 4, 1. Like, yeah. like th- th- that word knew. It's so like I know now, (laughs) recent translations or translations are starting to move to a made love to or had sex with, but 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 it is, but because the the new yada yada is Mm -hmm. is way 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 more uh complex and beautiful, and and so we and we minimize sex. So, with sexual integrity, you're not minimizing it, you're maximizing it, you recognize that. That uh, there's so much more to it, and I guess I'll, I'll capstone this with just an example. Over and over and over again, I've had students that will come to me and start talking to me about an, a sexual experience. I've had this with young adults, I have this with parents now, um, even pastors. And what what I find is that they never end the conversation about sex. They started the conversation with sex, but they're really talking about all the other things that are going on in their life it's, it's like peeling an onion like, you, mm-hmm. like sex is just a thing that allows you to get to the center mm-hmm. and when you get to the center it's not about sex anymore, it's about being known, it's about being loved, it's about being understood it's about finding a place where you are um, accepted and mm-hmm. seen and, and so that's, that's yeah, why yeah. sexual integrity has become um, the, the, the key word that we use because we want them to um, look mm-hmm. at um, the, the grander yes and not all the restrictive no's and yeah. don'ts
0: we just—I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> It made me think that story we heard today from a buddy of mine.
0: I'm—I'm I'm just gonna leave names out of it just yeah. to keep it general. But a—a a friend of ours, he's gay. Got he's gay guy attracted to men, like, old, like exclusively attracted to men. Yeah. Long story short, married a woman who was his best friend, and they knew it going in. Like it was very open, authentic, you know. But they just said we just love being around each other, and you know, she as a. A heterosexual female, she's attracted to him as a gay man. He's not sexually attracted to her at all. He's not attracted to women, but he loves her as a human being. And for several mm. years, um, they, like he even said, I love what he was saying. He was saying our emotional and spiritual bond was so rich. Yeah, he says all my heterosexual married friends were so jealous of how their the the purity (laughs) the purity the richness of the relationship was so profound like they were just this organic i mean team this this partnership that every person longs for to be known and know and finish each finish each other's thoughts and sentences and they love being around each other just this purity. but the sexual thing was like yeah just that was a challenge but and he didn't get into i mean I'll, i'll just fill in a little more details this dude is having some of the most robust amazing off the chart sex more recently. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he's calling wow. me saying, "I don't know what's going on here." This is amazing. <laughs> Still attracted to guys. This is but but it, what what he was getting at there was yeah. like you can't separate sexual bonding from emotional or spiritual bonding. Yes. And because he had laid such a thick Relational, spiritual, relational bond, emotional bond. Yeah, that it's almost like over time, and I'm not prescribing this at all. It's yeah. not a prescription. This is an anecdotal story, take it for what it's worth. That the the sexual, the unexpected sexual bond between a gay man and a straight woman um, was something neither of them could have predicted. Yeah, um, and it just shows that like just. I don't know. It's, it's what you've been getting. Just the sexual, relational,
1: emotional—like these are categories that overlap. They cannot be completely. No, you separated, can't. You, you, you can't. You, when we try to do that, and that, and, and unfortunately, that's what happened. And I, I'm just reminded of—I uh, might have shared this in one of the last podcasts we had, but um, it's it's one of the more profound statements that's ever been made. And it's 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 just something someone had spoken to my brother and sister-in-law when they got married, and it was the simple fact that you're not really going to know. Um, what true sex is until seven yeah. years into your marriage? Yeah. So you had and, several <laughs> fights. You
0: had a couple kids. Sleepless nights. And it goes back to Genesis four one. Adam knew Eve.
1: Like that. <laughs> that word new, Yada. Like it, mm. it, The 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 idea of it is that you you have done life. Yeah. Like you. There is. I I know you, but I don't know you. Like we right. haven't. Like uh, we we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, oh, man, like, man. like like yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Like they're, yeah. they're like we we know each other, but like. I, I I will never know you mm-hmm. like Chris knows right, you right, right. like I, I I you will never know me like Emily knows me like th- there is this dynamic to to knowing that is so very important in in um in what ha- like when it comes to this concept of sex that is totally different than just there is no and there's like yeah I know you like, and and I think that that's really and and what I hear your friend talking about is that very that yeah. very thing like oh, there is yeah. a a knowing that is taking place and and I'll just say this because i I know you probably want to dive into some other stuff, but like i I'll, I'll just say that like that that is ingrained in how we've been created like we've been created to be known to be seen, mm-hmm. and like this is one of those few places beyond the relationship we share with our mm-hmm. creator mm-hmm. where we get to be known and we get to be seen yeah. because it's yeah. our at our most vulnerable yeah. right and yeah, it, it, we, <clears> we've <throat> separated that sexual knowing
0: yes. as a separate compartment right yeah i mean through culture but even the church has kind of adopted some of that we just add the caveat wait till we get married but we kind of adopted secular sexual ethic it seems like i mean yeah it's,
1: well it's so... <laughs> uh, you know, well, i love the, timothy keller said it this way i love it He said, "Um, uh, we've allowed the culture as a church. We've allowed the culture to define what sex is, and the church has just simply said no." That's exactly right. He said that. Yeah, I've said the same. I've never heard him say that. Yeah, it's 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 exactly right. I think he
0: stole it from. I think Tim Keller jacked that from me. He
1: jacked it from you. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, no, we should probably wrap
0: this up. Um, Yeah. Any, any. Okay, so any last words to people who maybe have been? How about this? People who have maybe been damaged on some level with the purity yeah. movement, maybe they've been wrestling with their sexuality, maybe, again, maybe, maybe they're a man or woman who is struggling in knowing what it means to be a sexual yeah. being, even within marriage, like, it's
1: like, I just can't, this just isn't working, I don't enjoy this, or I don't know. what. what don't so know. let me let me just say this, that if you've been hurt, shamed, damaged by the purity movement, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like uh, um, I, I don't think that that was its intent. Um... I think the, the hope was to reveal God's desire and design for sex. I just think that at some point it went offline or it went a different direction. And I would really encourage you to um, look at some of the, the more recent writings. I, I mean, I think there are people like Timothy Keller yeah. Uh, even individuals like yourself or even our ministry that's really trying to redefine and and and, and uh, really kind of look at this. I wouldn't say redefine, actually give definition to where there wasn't definition before. Like
0: fill it out a little.
1: Yeah, more, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I would also just say our tendency that happens, even my tendency, is when we, we come across or we, we've experienced something painful, and maybe the purity movement was that. Um, we, we tend to go to the opposite extreme.
0: Yeah, totally. We, yeah. we
1: tend to no. move to a place that it's hard for us to even dive into Scripture. Or if we do, we go with a lens that, that we were never intended to have, and it blinds us from what is really happening in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we read into it based upon our own hurt and shame. And I would just encourage you to um, challenge yourself to be aware of that. Yeah. i i I don't think that we we exclude those voices because I think there are some great things that I've learned from people that have critiqued um, not only the work I do but the mm-hmm. the, the work of the purity movement and it allowed for me to really reflect um, and be challenged but I would also say um, maybe challenge yourself to come to scripture without a lens and be able to look mm-hmm. at the text for what it is and what we see mm-hmm. and and I think that what you find is this robust and beautiful framework for sex and sexuality that we don't often yeah, get a chance to good. engage. So. What about, we didn't mention, Yeah, what about Joshua Harris? Man? What do you, yeah. What are you are
0: some thoughts on it? So I, I'm supposed to have yeah. him back on my podcast. I had yeah. him on my podcast um, a, while, like a year ago and I reached out to him just recently. Yeah. He said, hey, I would love you to have you back on. I'm not yeah. looking for, you know, I'm not going to try to reconvert you. I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah. And, <laughs> what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I, he said like, a, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, well, we talked about this last <laughs> time. You know, I, I, um, I, well, oh, real, real quick, so for the audience, yeah. I mean, Joshua Harris wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye. It was one of the most influential books in the period. Absolutely, movement, right?
1: Probably one of five books. He was most like most a poster child. Yeah. Right. yeah.
0: And then he more, so that was 2000, oh, 99, I think? 98? Uh, it was probably like 99, yeah. 90, okay. And then uh, was a conservative pastor for a number of years. Then more recently, a, several, a few years ago, kind of said, hey, I got a lot of things wrong, started renouncing some stuff then a, I think a year and a half ago told the publishers to like take this book off. And then more recently, maybe a year ago, ended up saying, I don't think I'm a Christian anymore. Like it was yeah, just, whoa, so yeah. cool. <laughs> which I've got some thoughts on that. Do you want me to lead with that? Or do you, you want yeah, me- no, lead with it. And then I'll, well, well, yeah. Well, I, I, he had this famous Instagram post yeah. where he basically said, um, and I, I'm not going to just paraphrasing, but it's something like, um, the God that had, um, the view of God that I had originally embraced—I don't embrace that anymore. It was kind of nuanced in a way that yeah. was almost like,
1: um, if... "I'm not Christian by by the 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 this... way in which most people define Christian." That's, and, yeah. And, but then I, I know he's coming out
0: of a really conservative, kind of narrow context. I'm yeah. like, there's a lot of things in that context that I wouldn't be a Christian. You know, like yeah, totally. Like, oh, I actually love gay people. So I can't be a Christian anymore. It's kind of like yeah, yeah, like whoa, like not only I mean you could even be affirming and be yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Like there are other brands of Christianity that you're still you can believe in the uniqueness of Jesus yeah. and salvation by faith. But anyway, yeah. So I, I don't know. I would love to have a conversation with them and see how he's doing. Really, yeah,
1: yeah but, but. I would love to be on that with you. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, I I, I think that um, um, I, I first I. Uh, I, I wish I would. We would have gotten to see this Josh many more years ago. Like just the honest Josh, mm-hmm. the one that's really um, introspective, the one that like I, I, I like. I do follow him on Instagram now, and I, I do. Oh, yeah? yeah, like I has I, he had any follow ups? No, not, he hasn't had quite the the, the post, but okay. he's been introspective. Like I, he's funny. <laughs> like I, I didn't actually know that he was that funny. <laughs> like like you don't get that from the book. Yeah, yeah. you don't really get that <laughs> yeah. from the book, but. Um, a couple of things. First, I, I, I've probably said this before, but I always like to lead with this when I'm talking about Joshua Harris. He's one of the few Christian authors that I appreciated because he would always, in each of his books, speak about something that he learned mm-hmm. in the process. He was always a learner. I always, yeah, he always, like when he yeah. came out with a book that followed, I, I guess they didn't Because that one was um, different, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, a- it was, yeah. and he critiqued that. He could he. Critique, not to the degree that he is now, but he critiques some of what he had written in I Kissed Hitting Goodbye, which I, that just didn't happen. And then when he wrote uh, another book on lust and he was looking at it, like he he reflects well, like I've always appreciated that. Um, I will say that uh, when it comes to, um, I will just say, I would love to hear his direct thoughts on what he thinks about that book and the movement he helped give framework to now like what would he have changed would he have just simply not done it would, or oh. would he like uh have done different what what does he see out there that's being done well like oh, he's got his yeah. own teenage um uh kids who and what would he direct them to like would he have uh, any kind of sexual guardrail? yeah like I, I just behavior? i i i do think as someone that engages in this as a christian i, I want to listen to someone like that because mm. I I I do think even if I might not agree, I do think there are things I can totally. learn. No. That sure. that like um, there there was a book called uh, I think it was called Pure. It was written by a former evangelical um, that looked at the purity movement, and and there are things that I learned in that. Like it's like wow, like that, like so. There are several non Christians writing about the purity movement. It was that yeah. big, is that? Yeah, I mean. as a sociological phenomenon or something? Yeah, I mean, us talking about, we're not, we're not even really scraping the surface. Like, no. like there is so much harm, pain, and hurt. Mm-hmm. And what I know is that, and I probably just need to say it again. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I want for individuals that are um, a, a byproduct of that to know that they are loved, they are seen, and that, like, th- there is a more fuller gospel. There is a more rich conversation around sex and sexuality that is available and I, 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 unfortunately, I just think the purity movement uh, mm-hmm. did not allow for that. I, I don't think that, like, I mean, quite honestly, you could, I'll close with this. Like, I, we use the word purity, but I always think that the word that people were trying to get at and never quite did and really didn't describe it this way was sanctification. Mm-hmm. Like, there was something mm-hmm. to, like, because I remember when I was younger, I was like, where is purity in scripture? Like, and you would find one or two, but... Like, I, I felt like what they were looking, the way that they were defining it, the way that they were, it was like we were in search of our sanctification. Yeah, and the Greek
0: word for, like, at least impurity is different than, and even the opposite. pure I have to go back and look. Yeah. But it's a lot more holistic than the way we're using it today. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, you've been listening to Theology in Ira. Uh Thank you for watching. If you're watching from YouTube, um, if you're listening, then thanks for listening. And you've been listening to Jason Soschnick. His uh, ministry is Project 619. Uh, website, six, project, six, project
1: 619.org. SIX19.org.
0: SIX19.org. Yeah. Check it out. Um, it's I think, again, from my vantage point, he is doing... As a ministry, what the Purity Movement was trying to do, um, and you've obviously heard some critiques of that, um, but love everything he does. So uh,
1: check out his stuff, and
0: I think that's it. Let's get out of here. We gotta and, go and again. check
1: out our, our uh, Christian Sexuality series.
0: Christian Sexuality. By the time this releases, there may not be a website yet. So if you if you go site if you're interested in a holistic, um, fresh, embodied. Um, Relevant, biblically centered, relational, gracious holistic curriculum for youth on sex sexuality and gender then you can sign up for our newsletter at centerforfaith.com centerforfaith.com and we will be blasting info through our newsletter um, on when this product will be released uh, January 5th is the target release date um, and we'll probably start pre-sales in mid-November so yeah sign up for a newsletter I'm sure you got your newsletter okay. yep and we'll get it out too and, yeah.
1: Yeah. cool
0: awesome alright see you later guys yeah.